Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Simply the best for less at windowskansascity.com. We've just had a blast this week talking about all kinds of fun things around the Super Bowl, but it's time to get serious. And nowhere will you find a better preview of the Chiefs and Eagles, the matchups in the game, than coming up in just a couple of minutes when Stan Weber joins us. He knows these teams and these divisions inside and out. He knows the personnel, the schemes, and the matchups. Stan Weber will have all of that for us, and I can't wait. One thing we know for sure is Super Bowl Sunday will not disappoint anybody who's watching, and it certainly won't upset Fox Sports Network, as they're going to get well over 100 million people watch this game. There will be no disappointing rating, as Joe Biden delivered on Tuesday night with his State of the Union address. This is remarkable. The Super Bowl obviously is a bankable event. We know people watch whether their team is in it or not. It's an American phenomenon, and we can't wait for it. The State of the Union is supposed to be like that. Tuesday night for Joe Biden, not so much. Remember we talked about on Monday they promised us 43 million people would be watching the State of the Union, and I said, I'll believe that when I see it. The numbers are in, and it is dreadful. 27 million people watched, or to put it better, about 93% of Americans did not watch the State of the Union address. 27 million from 43 million is about a 29% drop. America has tuned out Joe Biden. They don't care. They're not watching. That speech did him no good. It could only do harm. He probably should have turned it down, as we suggested here. To give you an idea of the apathy in this country right now, and these things do matter. This is not election results, but this does matter. Joe Biden got 27 million viewers on Tuesday night. Donald Trump in 2019 got 47 million. He got 47 million his first year. He got 47 million three years in. Joe Biden got 27 million. It is unbelievable what has happened to the presidency under this president. Little perspective here. When there's something giant going on, the numbers for the State of the Union go up. When Bill Clinton was embroiled in the Monica Lewinsky scandal, he had 54 million viewers, which topped Trump's 47 million. And the first State of the Union after 9-11, which would have been January, uh, four months later after 9-11, George W. Bush got 62 million viewers. So when it matters in America, when things are really happening and they want to hear from their president, they will watch. When things are bad, when they've tuned their president out, when they're done with a guy, they don't watch. I've never heard of a number this low. I've not seen it reported that this is the lowest ever for a president, but it has to be. There can't possibly have been a lower number than this since these things were televised beginning in, what, the 70s? The State of the Unions were about 50 years we've been doing this. This has to be an all-time low, and it is Joe Biden, and we are not surprised. All right, we've had a really big week of football. We've learned that Travis and Jason Kelsey love chocolate chip cookies, but only their mom's recipe. We've learned that Patrick Mahomes' ankle is really close to 100%. And we also learned this week that after football, Patrick Mahomes wants to be a general manager. So he's becoming best friends with Brett Veach and learning how to do the business. We also learned that the biggest eater on the team is Harrison Butker, the Chiefs kicker, who for breakfast at Arrowhead is seen by his teammates, and they were all talking about it. They started getting asked about it right and left this week after it came out. Harrison Butker for breakfast at Arrowhead will have five eggs, two steaks over a full plate bed of rice. And he's ready to kick. He's ready to go to work. Harrison Butker, the biggest eater on the team. Who knew? 
We've heard all kinds of things about Chiefs fans like Potato Lady and all of the goings-on around the Super Bowl. We've even learned that Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, sends Jack Stack barbecue to his parents every single year for Christmas. But now it's time to talk football. And Stan Weber will join us in just a moment. Brought to you by NKC Dental, online at nkcdental.com. Dr. Bill Bush is your new dentist. If you'd like to go to the same dentist that Patrick Mahomes goes to, Dr. Bush is your guy, and he can see you. 816-471-2911, nkcdental.com. Finch Knife Company, online at finchknifeco.com. You're going to love the Cherry Bomb, but there's many other series. The 1929 series is really cool. There's all kinds of great collectible pocket knives or everyday use items to take with you in your tackle box when you're fishing, when you're camping, or just when you're living day to day. You got little things every now and then that requires a pocket knife. Keep a Finch knife in your pocket. Keep life from getting dull. Online at finchknifeco.com. Fry Orthodontics with 13 locations. Dr. Jeremy and his team of orthodontists are the best anywhere in the Midwest. They not only give you great care and put you down the proper path to get the perfect, most award-winning, confident smile you can get, they make it fun. They do. They make it a fun experience. It's a happy place to go. It's especially important for teenagers. FryOrthodontics.com. Get your smile for life. Where Fry Orthodontics, your smile is just the start. And Ron Buck over at Buck Roofing. Free roof inspections this spring. We got a slushy, snowy, yucky event overnight that we weren't really expecting. Maybe you're seeing some little drips as a result of this thing. Or maybe you will as it melts off your roof. Call Ron Buck. If you've got ceiling spots, he can figure out what's going on. Sometimes it's really an easy repair and something he'll do free. If you say, yeah, I'll call you when I need a new roof, that's 913-384-2680. You'll sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. Stan Weber's got all the matchups. We're going to go Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. We're going to find out what he thinks about that Philadelphia defense, whether they can be fooled. We're going to find out if Jalen Hurts really does struggle against a blitz like so many scouting reports say. Stan Weber is here with your Super Bowl 57 matchup preview on KKHI. Hit it! The KK Has Issues conversation is presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. Shop, click, drive at robertsrobinson.com. All right, no more delaying. It's time to talk football. I'm tired of all the silly stories around the Super Bowl. Let's talk about the matchup and the game with the one and only Stan Weber. Hello, Stan. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Kevin. I'm a little nervous, though. Uh, the listeners are very loyal to Kevin Keatsman has issues, and I'm worried they think it's Monday, and the Super Bowl is a long ways away. So please tell them we are way past Monday and closer to the game, because when they hear my voice, they might think, uh-oh, uh, it's Monday, and I just don't want to depress anybody today. Well, we needed to wait this week. We need to get closer to the game and, and see what the injury reports look like. And all of that is a big thumbs up for the Chiefs. McCole Hardman's out, but I don't think anybody expected McCole Hardman to play. They've activated Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for this game. The other injured players all appear to be good. That's Snead, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tony. And they're saying Patrick Mahomes is really close to 100% with his ankle. This couldn't have gone much better. What do you make of the injury situation? Not a big factor in my mind. Obviously, you'd love to see Patrick Mahomes be 100%. Uh, and everybody in the nation or the world who wants to watch the Super Bowl hopes that the superstars are full speed. Uh, so you can see the excellence that they bring to the game. But from a practical standpoint and how this game unfolds, I don't really see it as a factor at all. The two weeks is plenty of time. Uh, I think there are plenty of answers. And the Chiefs 
uh, with quarterback Patrick Mahomes being slowed in the AFC Championship game, I did not look at, the, at as that as a detriment. Uh, I even said the word advantage on your show. It might have been taken a little too far, but hey, the words come out of my mouth before I even think about them sometimes, Kevin. So uh, Tony Romo basically said the same thing. You remember if you listened to his broadcast, he was talking about how this is going to settle him. He's going to be in the pocket playing off of his fundamentals, making his reads, not being distracted by running. And remember last year when the Chiefs lost in the playoffs, Kevin, when we analyzed that, I thought he got into the mode of running too much uh, in the Buffalo game. He was looking to put the team on his back because he'd done it in the previous game. So I think Patrick Mahomes can adjust uh, and take care of whatever injuries he has. He has so many ways to beat you. And then he's also gotten so much better from the pocket, which he had to do when Tyreek Hill left the squad. So I think that injury-wise, wherever Patrick Mahomes is, the, the Chiefs are going to be fine. And the other guys I don't think are real big factors because I never thought for one se- second that Snead wouldn't be back at full speed with that concussion protocol. Two weeks is plenty of time. He is a big-time player, so it's important to have him back. He is going to be a spotlight player in this game, the way the Eagles run their zone read running game. Do you think there is any difference in Andy Reid's offensive game plan based on Patrick Mahomes' ankle? Or would this be identical? If he was just 100% healthy, never been dinged up all year, would the game plan be identical? Or do you think they've altered a few things they may want to do early just in sort of deference to the fact that he has struggled with the ankle for a couple of weeks? Is it any factor at all in the game plan? I definitely think it's a factor. Um, That's what makes Andy Reid the best. Probably the best of all time. He makes adjustments to every possibility. If Chad Hetty comes in the game, they'll be ready, Kevin with what they're going to do. And that's just, we saw the Chiefs drive 98 yards when Chad Henney got pulled off the sideline. And he knows which plays to call. He has the guys prepared. His playbook is so wide, which is fine. Everyone can have a million plays. The question is, can the players execute them? And the Chiefs players can. So, yeah, absolutely. They'll be playing off of what Patrick feels good with in this situation. Uh, there's obviously a big component of what they want to do against the Eagles. What will the Eagles defense do? That's where, that's where they're going to start. But then they're going to hone in on the plays they want to run and say, okay, these will work against the Eagles, but this may put too much stress on your ankle. That would have worked in week five. We just won't do that. But there's so many ways of skinning the cat. You know, it's formation adjustment to get, you know, really they talk first of all about getting players in areas, Kevin. Like we want Kelsey to be in this pocket. This is an opening in the Eagles defense. We want him to be there uh, in, in 2.3 seconds. How can we get him there? Oh, this way won't work because the Eagles will cover it. How about if we change the formation and we get them to bite on this and then we go there? Or, hey, your ankle isn't going to give you time to roll away from the pocket and find him there. So that's what Andy Reid is able to do. He knows what the goal is, where he wants the players to end up, and then he just designs stuff with a free mind uh, to get it there. So this is just a, you know, the, the game plan. Uh, what Andy Reid will have available will take into account everything and will change throughout the game, uh, but it'll be fine. The Chiefs offense is going to be fine. They're, they're going to be themselves. Now, will they win the game? Don't know. Will they be able to protect the quarterback with the great pass rush that the Eagles have? Can't guarantee you that, Kevin, but their game plan is going to be very, very good. They can be the best versions of themselves and hopefully avoid some of the, the negative of what can happen. But if the Eagles have the lead, one of my big keys in this game, if you're looking from an Eagles perspective, is they need to play from the lead, Kevin. They need to be able to be patient on offense where they can run and throw with equal frequency, where they get to decide they're not in a hurry. They don't care if the drive takes eight minutes. As long as they're ahead, that happens. And then as the game unfolds and they're ahead, 
and they can think that the Chiefs are going to more, more predictably be a passing team only, then they can unleash the pass rush. Those are the things, you know, there's certain uh, pockets of, of places that the Eagles need this game to go to win, where the Chiefs is a full smorgasbord. You, know, you can just deliver any meal you want, and the Chiefs will adapt, and they can find a way to win. And that's what makes the Chiefs so good, is I can see them coming back from 10. I can see them leading the whole way. There's a number of ways the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl, and there's just less of those for the Eagles. All right, I think what I'm hearing you say is if the Chiefs get up 10 points in this game, even in the first half, it's go- it could be a long day for the Eagles. It will be a tough uphill climb to catch the Chiefs should the Chiefs get up 10. I think that's right. Uh, I, d- I think the Eagles can't get hurried. Uh, they cannot throw the ball when everyone knows they need to throw the ball because, guess what, Kevin? The Kansas City Chiefs pass rush is pretty good as well. Not as good as the Eagles. The Eagles had the third most sacks in NFL history, and I know they played more games. Okay, they played 17, but they're legitimate. The pass rush for the Eagles is legitimately elite, best in the league, but the Chiefs aren't far behind, and if the Chiefs know you're going to throw the ball, they can cause a lot of havoc as well, and what they need to get marked off their mind is the zone read concepts. Uh, Micah Parsons is a superstar Dallas Cowboy uh, player, maybe the best defensive player in the NFL. When they played against the Eagles in Philadelphia in the first game this year when Jalen Hurts was there, they didn't block him, Kevin. They ran zone read and just did what option concepts have done since the Texas Longhorns, Oklahoma Sooners, Alabama Crimson Tide. You remember those days where you didn't block guys. You just read them. If they tackled the fullback, the quarterback kept it. Well, they did that to Micah Parsons. They didn't even block him. They said, okay, here you are on the edge. Which one are you going to take? Our line blocked up everybody else. It's just you. And two guys, Jalen Hurts and the running back. And they just made him be wrong all the time. If he went toward the running back, Jalen Hurts ran around the corner. Well, if you have that part of your game available to you, if the Eagles have that, that's elite and different than everybody else in the league. You can tell me about Josh Allen's a threat to run the ball. He is, Kevin, but not with his own read concepts. Right. This, is, this puts guys in binds that they've never been put in before. And if the Eagles are in a super close game, or the game's tied, or they're ahead, they can dish this in. And it leads to their passing concepts as well. So if you overcommit to try to help on that run concept, then they throw the ball to elite receivers right behind you. But if they're behind by 10, you don't worry about the zone read. Say, okay, yeah, you got seven yards. Who cares? You're not going to beat us, and you're not going to keep running this play. You're going to pass the football. And in that kind of scenario, the Chiefs' defense can just adjust everything they do and really match up well with Philadelphia's offense. All right, I want to I want to zone in specifically on matchups here, and let's go let's go back to the Chiefs' offense against the Eagles' defense. Then we'll go back to what you were just talking about because I think if I I think I'm hearing you say if the Chief, if the Eagles get in a spot where they have to throw the football and they become somewhat predictable, that's going to be real trouble for them. But let's let's take the Chiefs' offense against the Eagles' defense. We know how highly rated this defense is. It's tops in the league. They were number one in the league in sacks. They had all these great things. I keep coming back to a couple of things that I've seen this week, and I don't think I've been doing selective media, Stan. The things I've been reading, the the tape I've been watching, you know, these are pretty honest people that are trying to say, hey, what could this matchup look like? The first one is the top quarterback by rating the Eagles faced all year was Jared Goff. Okay, that should be, to me, if the Chiefs go win this game 34-20, we're going to look back and say, well, of course, the Eagles didn't play anybody like Patrick Mahomes. That will be an obvious thing to say. You can't really say that before the game. That would be too bold because the Eagles are a really good defense and a really good team. The second thing I saw, and I want to ask you about this because I know you're a fan of his too. I saw Dan Orlovsky earlier this week on ESPN break down the Eagles defense, and he said as great as they are, they've got one massive problem. 
they do not adjust well to motion. They, they get lost. They get confused. They give up a lot of big plays because they have an assignment breakdown that they just aren't used to seeing that much of that over the course of the season or in their schedule or the teams they played. They didn't see a lot of it. And the defense will be set, and they'll be ready for a play. But when they've got motion and, you know, for lack of a better word, trickeration, but we know that's what the Chiefs do. When they try to trick you, he said there's going to be three or four plays in this game where the Eagles are just flat, blown assignment, lost, and if Mahomes completes those passes, they will be monster plays. Have you, You've seen the Eagles a lot more than the rest of us, Dan. Have you seen that out of the Eagles' defense? Do they blow assignments and give up big plays when they get confused? Well, I think that you see some of the blown assignments uh, because you're attacking at the weakness of their team. I don't necessarily have it become turn into big plays. The Chiefs can turn things into big plays, but I don't think that's what the Chiefs are about. You know, we're not talking about Tyreek Hill here. So the Chiefs make a nice throw. It's a 30-yard gain, okay? The Chiefs receivers or usually Travis Kelsey, right? They get caught. You know, they get, they, the Chiefs make a spectacular play and you run them down and they gain 30 yards. Well, that's not a detriment to the Chiefs' results because you do it down after down after down. But we don't have the Tyreek Hill component here. Unless Tony explodes, he's a guy. Tony's a guy that if, if he turns out to be a great player in the Super Bowl, Chiefs win easily. Because I'm not even counting on him. But he has Tyreek Hill type tendencies. Uh, so if Tony's healthy, and gets the ball in some open space, Eagles make a mistake, and he's flying through them for 50 yards, Kevin, then you better be able to get ready for a parade in Kansas City. Uh, but without that, the Chiefs are much more of a team that's going to gain 30 yards or less. And so the big, big plays are really not a problem for the Eagles. But effective plays, yes. Let's just talk about it in this sense. Talking about the matchup. Let's start with the Eagles' defense, Kevin. If everybody in their mind can just act like they're looking down the line seeing the Chiefs on the left and the Eagles on the right, you know, your TV camera angle. And if you drew kind of a C on the defense, if you drew this as, as kind of a C on there, I will tell you, you've just drawn where the super strength of the Eagles are. The cornerbacks are really good. And their front defensive line has depth and excellence. Uh, these guys, Fletcher Cox, Fletcher Cox is one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Uh, Sweat is very good. Reddick is elite coming off the edge like a Derek Thomas type of player. That strength, Kevin, where you drew that C, think about this for a second. Those guys never move when motion occurs. Okay? If, if the Chiefs or any team puts a player in motion, those corners stay locked up with the outside guy on the line of scrimmage. Right? By rule, there's got to be guys on the line of scrimmage or right next to it there. And so those corners are just looking right at their face, ready to play defense. They don't move with motion, and those defensive linemen don't. The weakness is the remaining players. The linebackers and the safety that weren't part of the C that we drew in your mind, they are the weakness of the Eagles, and they are the ones you're stressing. You put motion in play, you change their assignments right at the last second, and their weakness is going to show. So that's really, to me, it's not like they're the dumb players. It's just that's not the strength of their team. So why wouldn't you attack those guys? And why wouldn't you get after it in the middle? The other thing that has not been talked about enough, and I'm going to tell you right now, Kevin, is that the Eagles are not good at everything on defense. They do not stop the run well. Their linebackers aren't great. Their safeties aren't great. Their defensive linemen are big and strong. They'll run into you when you're trying to run a running play. But basically, what are they trying to do? Go kill the quarterback, right? You can run the ball against the Eagles. Now, if we were looking 30 years ago 
and getting ready for a Super Bowl, and it were something like the Chiefs with Marty Schottenheimer, I would tell you game over, the Eagles' weakness would keep them from winning the game. Because it used to be an older style of football where the running game mattered first, Kevin. Every defensive coordinator is great. Bill Snyder, Bob Stoops, they, they all, when we talk, say we got to stop the run first. And then we'll take care of the passing game. You've heard it forever. But that's not true in modern NFL. No one cares if they give up yards running the football. They don't think that's how you win. You win by sacking the quarterback, getting cornerbacks locking down on receivers. The Eagles do those things well. Here's my question for you to think about, every listener, and you, Kevin, especially. How much do you want the Chiefs to lean on the running game? Do you really want the ball to be taken out of the hands of Patrick Mahomes because you want to attack the Eagles' weakness? I'm going to say more probably not. The Chiefs do not have to try to go attack the Eagles' weakness in the run defense. But watch the game closely, Kevin. If the Chiefs end up winning and there's subtle runs in there that kind of change the game more than you think about, not things we'll talk about in postgame, but if you're really in-depth in the game, everyone will keep in the back of your mind at your Super Bowl party. See if the Chiefs get a few extra running yards, then they should. First down, incomplete pass. It's second and 10. And then the Chiefs run, and they get eight yards. Kevin, the Chiefs should only get two yards on that second down run. But what happens if they get eight? I'm really interested to see where Andy will dish in right. the running game right. and hurt the Eagles. But, but the running game for the Chiefs also is it doesn't have to be traditional. There's so many things that they do that are, you know, short little swing passes, the little flip toss pass with the man in motion. Those to me are Screams. all running plays. And if the strength of the defense is the pass rush and the corners, you send your receivers deep, you get the corners out of the place, you throw the little flip pass there to Tony in motion, and he's probably got a linebacker coming around the edge that he's going to get eight, nine yards on. And that's a running play to me. I don't count those as pass plays, and I think the Chiefs use those. Here's another prediction I'll make. This is a little bold. I'm going to predict that Patrick Mahomes has at least 30 yards rushing in this game. I And, and here's what I really want to see. What I really want to see is I want to see at some point a really well-executed and devised and surprising quarterback draw where he just goes back and it's set and he takes off because it's going to hit big. It's been sitting there all year. It's been sitting there his whole career. When else would you use a play like that than a Super Bowl? Most likely in the second half when you need it most, but you you can't worry about him getting hit or getting hurt in this game anymore. This is the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs have things that they can do that they would never do in any other game. We just need Andy to do it. Am I crazy? No, not at all, because if you're the Eagles right now studying everything, and with two weeks, that's almost too much time. They, they're studying everything. And they're probably never thinking about that, uh, Patrick Ever. Mahomes being a big running threat, because yeah. he's got a hurt ankle. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's the feature story? He's got a hurt ankle. <clears throat> but all we saw him do with adrenaline was run faster than he has at any point in the season on that scramble against the Bengals. Now, how about, how about second and goal from the seven-yard line, Kevin? That's the perfect time to run it little quarterback draw right up the middle for a touchdown. But I like what you said, and let's make this distinction for all the fans. When you're watching out for this little subtlety, uh, let's not just say running plays, screens, plays right near the line of scrimmage that turn into further action. That's what I'm talking about. The Chiefs can lean on that and hurt the Eagles at certain times and get themselves out of bad situations. If the Chiefs throw an incompletion on first down, they're now in a bad situation because Philadelphia's pass rush is about ready to light it up, right? This is the Eagle fans are going, okay, 
Patrick doesn't throw many incompletions, but he just did. Second and 10. And if you're a fan of the Eagles, I guarantee you, you're not watching a quarterback. You're watching a sport defensive lineman because it's fun when you got a team that pressures the quarterback that predictably. And they go, here we go. What happens if the Chiefs run for five yards or run a screen pass for seven? And now it's third and three, third and two, instead of third and eight or nine. Now your pass rush doesn't get to get into its feature moment, which is third and long when the Eagles should win the battles. The Eagles should hurt the Chiefs in third and long situations with their pass rush. Can you keep them from getting into it by using the run? Will Andy run the ball a little bit more than he normally does? Watch for these things, Kevin, because these two teams, as I've prepared for this, have been as close as any two teams I've ever seen going in the game. They, they are so close to each other in how they get things done and what their capabilities are and statistically and all those things. There's only a couple of pockets of things that stand out differently. Eagles run defense is the one thing that does not stand up to everything else that these two teams have. Watch it, Kevin. It's not a feature thing that she's going to attack down after down like they would 30 years ago, but watch for this. Does the Eagles run defense hurt them enough in this game that it flips to the Chiefs' side? Right. Okay, that's excellent. And I will be watching for that certainly in this game. I also have this feeling, and you've heard me say this before, and I've had this for quite a while, that this is the best Andy Reid team the Chiefs have had. And the reason I say that is I've watched the defense actually make plays and win games for this team this year, and I don't really remember another Chiefs team that Andy Reid had where I said, you know what, Chiefs could be up three with the game on the line Sunday and the defense can make a play and win the game. I just don't remember those Chiefs teams. And I know it's younger I, I, don't, I discount the fact that they're rookies or they're new. I don't care anymore. They've got 19 games under their belt at this point. I, I, I don't care. They've had good coaching. They're quality players. They're younger. They're clearly bigger, faster, stronger than they've been. Have I lost my mind? Is this not the best Andy Reid team? And Stan, if we're talking about the best Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid team, how does that team lose a Super Bowl? I do agree with you about the Chiefs being the best version of themselves. Because their defense is legitimate. Uh, what we've studied and talked about year after year with the magic of Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey, that force, and I've always included all four of them, right? Uh, they had to go win the game, and they were very capable of doing that. Steve Spagnola is an aggressive defensive coordinator, so he helps in a one-game situation because he'll go crazy. He's not going to sit back and let you run over him. He'll just get more and more aggressive. So he gives your defense a chance to make a big play, and but they needed a Tyron Matthew to be magical for a couple plays, right? It's always, hey, Chris Jones, pull the rabbit out of the hat, make a big sack, or, or do something like that. It wasn't sound defense down after down, Kevin, and now they have that. So you're exactly right. This team can win in many different ways. Special teams have fallen off this year, but in a one-game situation, special teams could be fine. There's no reason why the Chiefs can't play good special teams for one game. Will they do it for five or ten? No, we're not playing a best out of seven series. So even special teams-wise, the Chiefs have some explosiveness, some capability. But the defense is reliable. This is Super Bowl-level ready. I was talking to my buddies about it when we were talking about Super Bowls. I said the Chiefs have been taking teams to the Super Bowl that really don't have Super Bowl-level defenses. I've studied this for all 57 years, and they're, they're carrying that weight on their backs. And Andy Reid's able to do it, he hopes, but he's what? one-and-one in those situations with the Chiefs. So it's not like he's been dominating. But this team has legitimate defense. They are much better tacklers. Their their coverage on the outside is really good. Their pass rush has grown up. 
And it's not just one guy. It's not just Chris Jones. He's really good. But their whole front line is doing a better job of rushing the quarterback. Nick Bolton, I talked to you on your web, uh, on this um, discussion that we have each Monday, Kevin. I mentioned that he reminds me of Willie Lanier. Now, you got to be old to know who Willie Lanier is, but I think Nick Bolton is one of the most important players in this game. We haven't talked about that matchup, but he has the capability of stopping the run and clean up things that might be eight, 10 yard runs two years ago, Kevin, when the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. That didn't happen right now. So, yeah, you're exactly right. The Chiefs are a better football team. What they've done is taken away some of their excellence on offense. They've gotten better on defense, and then they try to fill in the gaps. Because Andy said, okay, I don't have Tyreek Hill. We're not as explosive as we've been in the past. But I'm going to put the pressure on myself to still skin this cat and be just as effective on offense. Patrick Mahomes says, coach, I'm with you, dude. I'm not going to play the way I did two years ago. I'm going to become more reliable from the pocket. I'm going to act like I'm an older guy and read defenses even better, be on time with the ball, and do all those things. And those two guys have put it on their shoulders to say, we shouldn't be as good on offense, but I think we can be. I think we can make up for any deficits. And they've done that. So the defense is better. They did. So the offense isn't worse, less explosive, yes, but not worse. And the defense is up their game tremendously. The draft that they had, Brett Veach, I mean, what an unbelievable, historic draft that he had to set this team up to be a better defensive team. Uh, Just excellent football. I want to point this out before we get too deep into this, Kevin, on the podcast, because I should have started with this. I mentioned that these two teams are very even. I believe that they are. You said, how could they possibly, as good as the Chiefs are, lose? Because the Eagles are a legitimate Super Bowl team. They're really, really good. The Eagles can win this game. There's no doubt about it. The Eagles are a great match for the Chiefs, and they can win. But here's the thing that Kevin Keeson has been shouting from the radio waves or the podcast for, well, gosh, 20 years, Kevin, 15 at least. You kept saying in the NFL and even big-time college football, tell me who the best quarterback is, tell me who the best coach is. You have been saying that. Now a lot of people say it, right? But you were the first one to go, I'm going to draft a quarterback every year. That's what, if I were the owner, I'd say draft a quarterback every year and maybe even in first or second round. You said, who's the best quarterback? Who's the best coach? This game's so intriguing because I can talk for hours about how even it is or how the Eagles can find a way to win in a legitimate fashion against the Chiefs. And yet, if you go to that equation, it's so easy to answer. Who's the best quarterback and who's the best coach? That may be as big a differential as there is. Yeah. And Uh, so do you you have a warm feeling in your heart like, man, the Chiefs are definitely going to win this game because if they're even and they have a legitimate defense and they can win many different ways, and we got the best coach by far, and we got the best quarterback and the most experienced team and how to handle Super Bowl hype and everything, how can you not say the Chiefs are going to win? I'm with you on the preparation and the play calling and the, and the coaching and all that. I'm scared to death of what Andy Reid might do in-game because I, I did not like what he did against the Bengals with two minutes to go in the first half of that game a couple of weeks ago. He scares the living daylights out of me. He gets lost and panics and loses his mind in-game. So that does trouble me a little bit. But the final question about the Chiefs offense, and then we're going to flip the script and talk about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles against the Chiefs defense. The final question I have for you is, what do you just generally? What do you make of this? Patrick Holmes is ten and three in the postseason. He has a one hundred six quarterback rating. His two worst games in the postseason are the two Super Bowls. He had a seventy eight rating against the Niners. He had a fifty two rating, which by the way is the worst quarterback rating of any of his ninety three games in his entire career. That is the single worst game of his career was against Tampa in the Super Bowl. 
and all the other postseason games he's played have been at Arrowhead. That doesn't sound like coincidence. Is there a chance Patrick Mahomes shows up and it's the Super Bowl and he's not very good? I don't think it's a very high likelihood of he's not very good. Uh, could there be a step backwards and not fit with the other games? There's the possibility. You know, the thing about the Super Bowl is he is playing against the best opponent. And let's just reference right back to what we said right before this. He had to do more than his job, Kevin. The, the 49ers are good. The 49ers, the Chiefs beat the 49ers. And I, I don't want to play a seven game series in that. It, it, I'm telling you, San Francisco would have won a seven game series. The first three quarters was the real game. The magic that the Chiefs pulled out at the end with Wasp and Chris Jones sticking his arm up and accidentally knocking down a critical third down pass against the Niners. Uh, th that, that 49er team was legitimate. Tampa's pass rush and the Chiefs offensive line issues in that Super Bowl and Andy Reid's son situation and all the psychology of all of that, it all just fit together where he had to do too much. And you go back and watch the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes played pretty well. He played out of his mind good at times, but he had to do everything. If he gets in his mind that I've got to go win this game, I've got to be Steph Curry or Michael Jordan uh, and go win this game, that probably is not a good thing in his mind in a okay. Super Bowl situation uh, because it's not basketball. I mean, if you're basketball, go win the game. Right. Yeah. yeah, but in football, yep. you've got to play. And I think he is dragging the defense with him so much. Okay. And then the pass rush is so good. The difference here is, and the ankle injury, Romo said this, and I said this, the ankle injury was almost beneficial to Patrick because he's not going to try to run and go win the game himself. He is going to use his teammates. Yep. And he's lethal doing that. Okay. And he's got to trust his defense. So I think... It's a, it's a tendency to watch, Kevin. It's something to monitor. Uh, like Andy Reid did not kick a field goal against Cincinnati last year. That's why they lost that game. Right. Okay, right before half? Remember when he threw the ball to Tyreek Hill yep. instead of kicking a field goal? I believe, in my heart, that's when they lost the game. So if you want to bring in some Andy Reid decisions under pressure, okay, fine. But I'm going to tell you, Patrick can play within himself this game and be just fine. And so I don't expect him to do anything but play very well. All right, you mentioned the Niners. I'll throw this one at you. Brandon Ayuk this week, the, the receiver, I don't know if you saw this tweet that he put out. He said, if I were to bet on the Super Bowl, I would sell everything I own, convert it to cash, and bet it on the Chiefs. This game won't be close. And then Christian McCaffrey of the 49ers said, quote, it feels like something was stolen from us, end quote, two weeks ago when their quarterback went out and they really didn't have a backup plan situation for that game. The Niners are out there just chirping from the mountaintop that the Eagles aren't all that. And the chiefs are about to whip them up. Now they played them both. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, it's just an indicator, but let's just think about what they said. Okay. The 49ers are an excellent football team right. and it's probably better that the chiefs play Philadelphia than a full speed 49er team, for instance. Okay. Now here's the thing. We've had podcast listeners. We can put these concepts together. What did the 49ers do when they lost their quarterback and were behind seven to nothing at Philadelphia? They went out and scored and tied the game. Okay. So the, that's where the 49ers like, we knew we could match up with these guys. And even in the face of Brock Purdy getting knocked out and being a whole quarter later, this is second quarter, seven, nothing, right? Their defense was still stoning the Eagles offense going, Hey, we have no chance of winning. We don't have a quarterback in the NFL and we're still within seven to nothing. Then what did they do? 
Kevin. They went down and scored. It was seven to seven. Now the 49ers are going, we are so much better than you that we've come back in this game since our quarterback got hurt, and we're tied with you. But guess what they do, Kevin? They run the ball. They run the ball, though, Kevin. I think it matters that these players said that. I don't think it's sour grapes. I think they played both these teams, and they're like, wow, the Chiefs are a lot more of a handful than the Eagles. I honestly believe that. Now, you know, they could still be reeling from the loss and losing their quarterback and all that, but these guys have no reason. Players never say anything, Stan. This is two stars on their team that have spoken out saying, no, 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 no. There's a, there's a big difference between the Chiefs and the Eagles. They're basically saying. But I want to adjust. I want to adjust something. The Niners run the ball. Okay. What's the Eagles' weakness? Does anybody remember there in the podcast? Go. Yeah, there you go. It's not a Chiefs matchup. Okay. So they're talking. They're talking from different terms, Kevin. They don't. They don't believe in the Eagles because they can run the ball right down their throat. And that's my point. They ran the ball right down their throat with no quarterback capabilities, and they tied the game. The Chiefs aren't going to do that. Right. So okay. the biggest weakness of the Eagles, the 49ers would attack and kill. So the 49ers are presenting their case. They're like, we're better than the Eagles. The Chiefs go, yeah, but we don't want to run the ball. So there's my question. I started with this. I don't think the Chiefs can waste their time attacking the Eagles' weakness. Yeah. So these are two different teams. Do not okay. take what these guys are saying as gospel. All right. The Chiefs played the best game of the year against the Niners. The Niners are in shock at how good – but yeah. they didn't see the Chiefs when it's played the Texans. It's true. And McCa- <laughs> and McCaffrey the Broncos. Got, that was McCaffrey's first game, and yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the 49ers. So, so just get off. I, I'm thrilled. I'm hey. absolutely thrilled they're playing the Eagles and not the Niners. I don't want to play Garoppolo or Purdy, I guess, either one of those guys. I don't want to try to stop the run. I don't want to play against Shanahan, to be honest. I'll take my chances against the Eagles. I like this matchup. Yeah. No, I, you don't want to mess with the 49ers because I don't know how great Brock Purdy would play, but if he fit and played his role – Everything else is a yeah, super strength. They rush the quarterback. They play great run defense. Their All defense right. is better than the Eagles. No weaknesses. So let's get off the Niners. They didn't make it. The Eagles are still legitimate. Sure. Absolutely. Well, you don't you don't make it to the Super Bowl without being good. I mean, it doesn't mean you're great. It doesn't mean you're Super Bowl champion worthy. Some teams have gotten there solely by being good on one side of the ball before and then lost. They don't look like that kind of team. They look like a more complete football team to me than that. The Eagles do. Let's flip it around and talk about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense against the Chiefs. I want you to fill in the blank on this question. Uh, the if the Eagles run if the Eagles don't run for blank number of yards, they're in big trouble. Um, one hundred and twenty-five. Okay, one hundred and twenty-five. Now that's a pretty salty number. Can the Chiefs keep them under that? It. It will be hard for the Chiefs to do that, I think. Um, let's get to the other thing. Let's match up our San Francisco 49er comment with what we're going to talk about right here. The most important injury is not any of the Chiefs. It's not Patrick Mahomes because he will adjust and elite play is there no matter what. He can adapt and Andy Reid will help him. Jalen Hurts is the guy. How physical will Jalen Hurts play? How effective will he play? See, the San Francisco 49ers played against a Jalen Hurts who every time he ran the ball, Kevin, he was reluctant and he slid to the ground like he was Murray from the Arizona Cardinals. He played like he was, you know, Joe Namath and didn't want to get hit. He was not an effective runner. He was not a threat in the NFC Championship game. If he's still injured enough, Kevin, if his injury is a carryover injury where he really can't get hit, 
and still play well. Did you see that grimacing look on his face every mm-hmm. time he got tackled in that game? Yeah. If that's the Jalen Hurts that the Chiefs are going to play, the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. But if Jalen Hurts plays with that abandon that you talked about that the Chiefs ought to have with Patrick Mahomes, why can't you say the same words about Hurts saying, don't worry about what surgeries you might have to have in two weeks. Lay it on the line. Run. Why can't you run for 75 yards against the Chiefs? Scramble. Run zone read. Run that uh, you know unique quarterback sneak where he gets smashed by everybody on both teams to gain a yard or two. Jalen Hurts' health in this game is the most important factor. It only brings the Eagles up to the Chiefs level, but if he's not playing with that abandon and that physicality and speed in the running game, Kevin, then the Eagles can't win. But if he does, then he is a hard out because he is an accurate passer downfield. He's improved his passing game. He is a very good runner. He's a physical runner. He's fast, he's smart, and it's not too big for him. Well, he sets his jaw. He has got the right mindset to be a winning quarterback. He is the, a dangerous, dangerous dude if he's healthy. He's the best passer of the running quarterbacks. Now, we could talk about Josh Allen, who I think is a passer that also runs. But we looked at Jalen Hurts as a running quarterback that is just getting better and better at passing. So we're talking about Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, some of those guys. The Chiefs have been tremendous against those players. They, those, those players never have beaten the Chiefs. I don't remember Lamar Jackson just going off and rushing for 90 yards and three touchdowns and, you know, going crazy. I watched Kyler Murray run around and do, do run in circles, basically, to start this year, going backwards, trying to find a way. I, for some reason, I am not that worried about Jalen Hurts beating the Chiefs with his legs, but I feel like that's the best part of their offense. What one thing is most likely the the deadly combination for the Chiefs, the deadly thing that could hurt the Chiefs. Is it Jalen Hurts running the ball? Is it a ground and pound attack? Is it controlled passing? Or is it Hurts has actually gotten pretty good at completing some passes downfield? What is the number one thing that could beat the Chiefs? It's the down, downfield throwing. Okay. Uh, you said it well, because you mentioned a good packet of players, and you said Jalen Hurts could be in that category and was thought to be in that category, and he was at the start of the year. Because guess what? The Eagles barely missed the playoffs uh, last year, and the Eagles didn't know if they wanted Jalen Hurts to be their quarterback this year, Kevin. Right, right. but this summer. Okay, so let me ask you this: Haven't the Chiefs played six or seven or maybe eight games this year where the downfield passing threat is greater than the Eagles? When you look at the Bengals and the Bills and even teams like the Raiders and the opponents the Chiefs played and Justin Herbert and the quarterbacks and the receivers they faced up against, haven't they faced way worse downfield threats than this? Anytime you mention the Bengals and the Bills, you got to bring them into the conversation. But the Bengals can't run. I told you before the game started, Kevin. Okay, but even the like Devontae Adams the Bengals, or the Raiders, they face him twice. And it's, it's like the, the Chiefs are built. They, they've built their defense to stop passes downfield, haven't they? They have. And in the playoffs, the calls are less likely to be called for physical play. Right. Uh, illegal contact for five yards. Still got to watch out on pass interference, right? But right. the illegal contact and the holding, you expect them to eat their flags in the Super Bowl. That helps the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a lockdown, physical, man-to-man team. And they got cornerbacks and safeties that can come up and be a part of the line of scrimmage play better than anybody else. Sneed is the best player in the NFL coming off the edge and playing like he's a linebacker, even though he's a safety. The rookie McKinnon, 
is unbelievable at doing it. The Chiefs can play at the line of scrimmage with their safety, their, their cornerbacks and their, their slot receiver defenders. They can do those kind of things better than anybody, but they're going to have to against the Eagles. How do you take care of the zone read, first of all? The Eagles run, I told you, it's different. This is not Josh Allen. This is not Kyler Murray. This is a legitimate college running scheme with a great offensive line and a puller in Kelsey who can pull from his center position and get on the edge and be as fast as a fullback. So when they got their running game going, they can be lethal if Jalen Hurts is willing to run the ball hard. When he does that, that's the best of the Eagles. That's not what I'm scared of losing the game with, but here's what Spagnola is going to do. He's not going to let Frank Clark be stuck on the edge or Willie Gay, like we talked about with the Dallas Cowboys. He's not going to let him get out there, read the edge, and then run for seven yards. He's not going to do it. You know what he's going to do? He's going to bring an extra player off the edge. He's going to give up a little coverage downfield, and he's going to have Snead come off the edge and go, you think Frank Clark's in a two-on-one bind right now? Oh, but you don't realize that Snead is coming here to help. He's coming off the edge, and he's going to pick up the other guy, and we're going to stuff you at the line of scrimmage and laugh at your zone read. But the Eagles are good enough to say, okay, if you're going to do that, and you're going to stress your secondary that much, we're going to throw the ball downfield. Kyler Murray and these other quarterbacks that are that are runners trying to throw the football, et cetera, Kevin, have not upped their passing no, game like Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a legitimate passing quarterback, and A.J. Brown, Brown's a stud. Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. You're not going to hear the name of Dallas Goddard, the tight end for the Eagles, hardly at all, because guess what? Travis Kelsey's in Arizona. Right. So there's one dude who gets talked about at tight end. Dallas Goddard is a star player, Kevin. He is completely reliable. He'll catch the ball on third and five like he's Travis Kelsey. But the guys to watch downfield, Devontae Smith and especially A.J. Brown, because A.J. Brown can have a chief guy bumping him all the way down the field, and he will not get knocked off path. And if Jalen Hurts throws the ball as accurately as he has all year long. He might not in this game. He's only lost once as a starter this year. Jalen Hurts has only lost once as a starter. If he throws the ball downfield, where the Chiefs lose this game is A.J. Brown catching that ball, yep. you know, 25 yards downfield, shedding the Chief like, it's, like he's a little kid and taking it the rest of the way to the house. So I think the Chiefs will gang up on the running game for the Eagles, but they're going to expose, double down, triple down, Kevin, that their corners can hold up against these great wide receivers and that Jalen's hurt shoulder is hurt just enough that he'll throw an incompletion. Remember in the NFC Championship game when on fourth down, he moved in the pocket and threw a pretty nice pass downfield to Devontae Smith, and Smith went up with a one hand and caught it for a first down? What did the replay show? It was incomplete, right? They missed that one. Big miss by the NFL. Everyone's seen that play. It should have been overruled incomplete. Well, there you go. If the Chiefs get an incompletion on that play, rather than a touchdown or a first down, what a difference it's going to be in the game. It's going to be a game of inches downfield. Okay. When that ball is launched by Hertz, hold your breath. Yeah, well, yes, I agree with you. But we've been holding our breath all year against a, a whole bunch of quarterbacks that can throw it downfield. So if the Chiefs aren't ready for that right now, I don't, I don't know what kind of schedule you could have played to prepare yourself any better for downfield passing than what the Chiefs have done this year. All right, we're going to get... Our predictions coming right up. Stan Weber's appearance is brought to you by CrossKitchensKC.com. Your remodeler, whether it's a kitchen, a bathroom, a man cave, or you just want to replace some countertops or flooring, log on to CrossKitchensKC.com and check out their entire 
portfolio of jobs and get a free estimate from them. Advanced Medical Imaging, see what's inside. You need to get a heart scan, folks. It's under 100 bucks. For some reason, insurance doesn't cover a heart scan. It makes no sense. This is a great way to go see what your heart scan is, whether you have any plaque buildup or not. It's less than 100 bucks. They recommend people over 40 do it once a year and just check it out and see where you are. Why wait? Go to Advanced Medical Imaging online at medimageks.com. All right, Stan, I'm going to give you a second to collect your thoughts here and tell me what you think the final score will be in a prediction. We won't hold you to it, but you're really good at this. I'm going to go 27-20 Chiefs. I'm going to bet the Chiefs and the under in this game. I think they're both going to come out. I don't think they're going to come out flying. I think these teams are going to come out a little bit like a heavyweight boxing match where they're kind of feeling each other out in the beginning. I think the Chiefs will try to run the ball a little bit or throw some short routes before they try to make big plays. I think the Eagles will try not to turn the ball over early in this game because they do. They know just what you said earlier. They don't want to fall behind. I think there's going to be a feeling out period, maybe a 3 nothing first quarter, something like that one way or another. So I'm going to go 27-20 Chiefs. I think the difference in the game will be one big play by the Chiefs that sets up an extra touchdown. I think they'll both get two touchdowns and two field goals, but I think the Chiefs are going to get the third touchdown in this game and win 27-20. That's what I'm sticking with. I think the turnovers, by the way, are going to be even. I think each team's going to turn it over once. I think it's going to be even, and we're going to walk away and say, okay, not by a lot, but the Chiefs were the better team. What do you think? Uh, the logic of that it sounds very good, and I'll add another aspect to your logic. The pass rushes are really a feature component of both teams, and I say sack equals punt. So you could to go with your under number and follow this philosophy for those that want to agree with Kevin all the way to the end. I would say the other thing that you have going for you is that the pass rushes are going to cause a couple more punts in this game that shouldn't occur in normal games, and that keeps your score down. Doesn't mean it's not a close game. It just means it's a less, you know, less scoring. So that's, that makes all the sense in the world. I've got to say, let's start from this logic stream first, okay? In my game, SFL, we played Cincinnati versus the Chiefs. You have a board and game you play at home. Let me explain for everybody. You have a, a game that you play at home you've been doing for how long? 30 years or longer? Uh, 77 is when I invented oh it. Yeah, so. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So 45 years. But I've done all the Super Bowls. I do every Super Bowl. I've gone back to so Super Bowl one. So all anyway. the stats of every player, you plug them in and you've played the game. And how many times have you played the game this year? We've played it seven times okay. for the Super Bowl. And? And first of all, for Cincinnati, it ended up being Cincinnati 22, Kansas City 19. That was the average score of all the games. In, a, in Well, it should be a close game. So the score was right around 22 to 19 in total. Okay. The final score was Kansas city 23 and Cincinnati 20. So the game was right on to what the game was going to look like. I adjusted for my official prediction and I said, I know how the game unfolded. I know how it's made. I'm going to take my projection differently because of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, And I'm going to go 24 to 23 chiefs over Cincy. That was my official prediction. Okay. Okay? Uh So now, Let's advance. So you got to understand that I have my opinions and I I loved what you said. You had me buying in, but I'm just going to say, first of all, the influence of playing the game over and over again, obviously is a part of my analysis. It cannot get away from it. What we did in those games was ended up with the chiefs of an average score of 28 points and Philadelphia, like 28.5. That's how unbelievable close it was, but it was most of the time over. It was just over, is it only 51 or something? I don't know what yep. the over is, but, yep. you know, they were 
the, the teams are knocking it off and hitting 28 all the time. I mean, the, the number of times the Eagles hit 28. We have one game that went to overtime. What was the score when they went to overtime? 28-28. Uh, so we have just been hovering around just under the 30-point mark. So with that influence, Kevin, and just like the Bengals game, I'm going to do almost the exact same thing and look at it and say, in our game, the Eagles were slightly better than the Chiefs, but pretty equal in a game of about 28 points. So I'm going to stick with the point totals, and I'm going to say that I believe they're going to get back up to that. But again, I'm going to flip and say coach, quarterback, experience, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and I don't know how good Jalen Hurts is going to be. This is a different situation for him. I believe in his mentality. It's not too big for him. And if we're talking next week and he has won the Super Bowl, I will not be surprised. He has, he's not a little kid, Kevin. He is a grown-up, not tempted at all about being in Philadelphia, being a quarterback. He didn't care if he's at Alabama, on the bench, on, as a starter, Oklahoma. The guy has a pro mentality. It's, he's so mature. So I think it's not too big for him, but I just don't think he's healthy enough to hurt the Chiefs the way he could if it were week five. So I think I'm going to go to the Chiefs win, not the Eagles, but I'm going to keep it right up there. So I'm going to go 30-27 Chiefs over Philadelphia. All right. That's going to be the over that people want to play, the Chiefs and the over. Uh, I think the best play on the board for my money is the Chiefs' money line. They're getting a point and a half, so I think it's like plus 110 if you just want to bet the Chiefs straight up to win the game. Uh, there's odds in your favor that way. I think I think at worst, this is a 50-50 game for Kansas City, so it would make sense. Statistically, that's what you do. Stan, I can't thank you enough, man. That was just absolutely incredible. I am so much looking forward to the game, and we really appreciate you, and we'll speak with you again next week. I think we'll probably have you on the Wednesday podcast next week, and we'll not only recap the Super Bowl a little bit, but the entire season. Maybe we'll sprinkle in a little college football, some rules changes, things that need to happen before next year. We'll just bundle the whole thing up like a big old package. How's that sound? Sounds good, Kevin. For all those people who are listening on the podcast, thanks for listening. The excitement level locally is big, but it would be big if it were the Super Bowl. And we've got to say, if we love sports as much as you and I do, Kevin, the fact that people who don't even care about sports care about the Super Bowl and want to know who the players are and what's going on and want to party. Yeah. It's really the best day of the year for us, right? I mean, we're not going to an art show right. with all of our buddies. All of our art show friends are actually coming to our house, our world, and saying, we want to know what's going on. This is the biggest day for sports fans to invite everybody else in and say, see what we love so much. Hopefully you enjoy it as well. Maybe you'll love it a little bit more next year. So, Hey, big chance. Three out of four years in the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. Unbelievable. And it's historic times to talk about. If they win, Kevin, if you win two Super Bowls in this window, with the upside still there, we may be talking about one of the greatest dynasties ever. But it's only worth saying with objectivity if they win. win. So let's go, Chiefs. Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Kevin. Okay. Take care. There is Stan Weber, and you will not find a better Super Bowl preview than what Stan brings you. It's brought to you by my good friend over at Horn Law, Doug Horn. Good man. He's the guy you need. He's the uh, the calm, steady influence you need when someone in your family is involved in an accident. If you've been hurt, whether it's a small accident or a big, severe one, it can be overwhelming. It's all you think about. And you might not be thinking straight about what it is that you need to do to get healthy, to be right, and especially long-term. Let Doug Horn and his team, his complete team, who's been with him for decades, 32 years in business, help you. Whether you live in Missouri or Kansas, call Doug Horn at Horn Law, 816-795-7500. 
You need your proper medical evaluation, especially if you've had a concussion in an accident. Doug Horn is an expert in this field. 32 years of working with all kinds of people in and around Kansas City, in Missouri and Kansas. 816-795-7500 or online at hornlaw.com. Our friends at MyPillow.com are proud to sponsor KKHI. We just ask you to use the promo code. You know what all their products are. You know about my store and all those great conservative country companies and the products that they have there. If you go to either website and make an order, we'd appreciate it if you put KKHI in the promo code box. It's going to give you a discount, most times at least 30%. Right now, mattress toppers are 50% off with the promo code KKHI. Those are wonderful products, really, really comfortable products on top of your mattress to extend the life of your bed. MyPillow.com slash KKHI or call 800-923-9034. And spring is around the corner. They've got closeout deals on grills and smokers at Smoke and Fire. The annual Mardi Gras celebration is up. They're going to have live music coming up on February 18th. They'll have a seafood boil. They're offering 30% off one accessory, 15% off entire purchase of barbecue accessories, wood and charcoal, or 50% off, oh, these are great, Henkel, uh, knives, tremendous knives. You're going to love these. 30% off fire pits and fire tables. A lot of stuff was held over this winter. It's got to go before the new stuff comes in this spring. That is February 18th, the Mardi Gras celebration. Things like Kamado Joe Classic and Kettle Joe's, 30% off. Camp Chef, 25% off. Huge sale coming up February 18th at Smoke and Fire, now at 119th and Metcalf in Overland Park. Let's go get them. I'm going 27-20, Kansas City Chiefs. Second Super Bowl championship for Patrick Mahomes, and he will be the MVP of the game. Thanks for listening to KKHI. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. Woo-hoo!